This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Ellis. On today's episode of Dead on Arrival, we dive into The Walking Dead Season 7. Before we do that, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Poddex, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a podcaster looking to grow your audience and get more engagement, check out Poddex today. Use the promo code Larry21 to save 10% off your order. And without further ado, let's dive right into Season 7. The Walking Dead stormed into Season 7 with one of the most anticipated premieres of its run. Thanks in large part to some summertime-long speculation about which character would fall to Negan's barbed wire bat. Surprise, it was two characters. It wrapped up, however, with the lowest-rated season finales at Season 2. So what gives? What slowed the show's role so considerably? Well, it didn't certainly didn't help that Season 7 was Walking Dead's most self-indulgent season to date, being this many years into a zombie apocalypse story with no clear endgame, taking into consideration a giant ensemble of characters that need to be serviced properly, Walking Dead began to crack and crumble under its own sheer weight and self-importance. Gone were most of the silly tricks and needlessly deceptive tactics of Season 6, but in their place was a rather plodding and ponderous season that slowly burned us into a rather flat payoff. Basically, everything branched out of the tragedy and terror of an overcooked and bloated season premiere that saw both Glenn and Abraham get used as gimmicks for the buzz-bin mystery that kept the conversation about the show going between seasons. For an hour and a half, the episode broke Rick down to a point of submission while stretching the misery out so that we as viewers could buy that Rick a man who'd once been driven so mad that he imagined phone calls with his dead wife was somehow now pushed to a breaking point. From there, the rest of Season 7, the entirety of Season 7, was about picking up the pieces. So much so that the season, or that's the second half, excuse me, became one long, bizarre scavenger hunt for guns and goods so that all the action and tiger attacks could be saved for the finale. And because the cast is so big, and episodes would take turns checking in with characters and locations, we got to the point where we were six months out from the premiere and still dealing with Daryl's guilt regarding Glenn. A point that no longer really resonated all that well simply due to the pacing and construct of the stro- storytelling. The best part of Season 7 had to do with world building. The introduction of the kingdom, King Ezekiel, and the entire shared illusion of that community was great. In fact, because Season 7 was such a morbid year, it was the moments of liberty that really shined. Like with the first Kingdom episode, The Well, or Say Yes, where Rick and Michonne were off on their own, getting some quality couple time and slaying walkers in a carnival, 
Also, for what it's worth, I could watch saviors and trash people get mauled by a tiger as good times. So those beats in the season finale certainly made for some amusing carnage. From a new community standpoint, seeing how the saviors operate, rules and points and all, was a nice diversion. It's just that perhaps we've spent too much time there. After our first go-round with Dwight and Daryl, we... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We return to get a second tour with Carl and then later on again with Eugene. Each time we repeated many of the same beats as before. On a show where many of the moral dilemmas and ethical quagmires already get recycled quite a bit. After a while, it became more of the same, which is a good way to segue over to Jeffrey D. Morgan's character. Morgan was great as a Negan, creating a commanding, dominating, charismatic presence that oozed both sleaze and reason. The character was overused, though, and kept on screen too much. Hell, he was overused just in the season premiere. But especially following that, it began to stand out. The last thing you want to do with a villain like Negan is wear him out or make him too predictable. You don't want him to feel like a novelty or a catchphrase machine. You don't want to get the sense that he can tuck your ear off, but you don't actually want him to do it. This is one of the instances where some restraint with regards to converting comic page to screen would have worked wonders. It was also a huge stretch to buy that there weren't constant attacks on Egan's life from both outside and inside his organization. It was hard to believe that Rosita's attempt to kill him was an outlier event. In the back half of the season, some of Negan's wives conspired to see him dead, and that was a welcome turn. But you still had to wonder why Negan was occasionally coming off as too trusted. And a little doubts, like when she believed Dwight's story about Sherry, and subsequently the framing of Darker Carson. To that extent, too, did Negan really buy Eugene's story about how Sasha died? We leave the season now with Negan, an adversary who was somehow clever enough to cut a surprise deal with the scavengers. Standing on a balcony, talking about war, with two secret traitors in his midst. The season finale was a good episode, but a rather soft finale. Imagine if that episode had come a few weeks sooner and hadn't been the one to take us out of the season. We could have left the story with a smidgen of momentum, instead of it all just feeling like an okay ending to a sluggish spring run. Sasha's death was well done, but she wasn't a big enough character to hang your seasonal hat on. That's not to discount that she's been around since season 3, but most of the time she was defined by who she lost. Be it Bob or Tyrese or Abraham, Rosita on the flip side sort of blossomed in the wake of the season premiere. With Abraham gone, she could rise up and be more of a force on the series. Sure, she was often a stubborn and frustrating force, 
but we now leave this season with a much clearer sense of who she is and what she can contribute. So what's our verdict? Season 7 effectively expanded the world of the show, giving Walking Dead a much larger palette to paint on. However, the pacing and structure of the season as a whole made for an often lumbering and wallowing watch. For a long stretch, especially in the second half of the season, it felt like things never quite picked up or caught on, and that everything was being saved for the finale, which wound up not being quite meaty enough to justify the months of fasting. Jeffrey D. Jeffrey D. Morgan brought a vibrant electricity to a fundamentally flat season, but Negan was overused to the point of becoming a one-trick pony. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. What did you think about Season 7? How would you rank, rank it among the seasons so far? I would give it a... For rating it, I'd give it a... Uh, 3 out of 5 stars for the season compared to the prior 6 seasons. And if you want to support the channel, go ahead, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, be able to pay them, create even more content, and hopefully take this show on the road. As always, you can find us on Good Pods, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts from. And don't forget to give us a thumbs up, like and subscribe to the channel. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show. Find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show. And on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show.